Hey, y'all, before we get into the show, we wanted to promo two events. Two events. <laughs> the first event is a Juneteenth drag show, and that is Reparations, hosted by Nikki Jizz. This Reparations drag show features all black drag performers. It's motherfucking Juneteenth, and we want to make sure that we are celebrating motherfucking black people. Featuring performances by Militia Skunt, Ronnie Nothing More, Miss Toto, Pearl Tease, A Lot of Booty, Honey Mahogany, Lucy Stool, Redbone, Blackberry, Opal Am Ra, Freddie, Sione Gray, Percocex, and DJ Kid. So definitely check them out. And their post on Instagram says, celebrate Black Freedom Day and log into the interwebs for the debut of Reparations, a new showcase for beauty, talent, and creativity of Black and Brown entertainers. An all-Black queer lineup of performers from the Bay Area and beyond, showcasing Black excellence at its finest, all happening on Juneteenth. They'll be raising funds to benefit TGI Justice. That's TGI Justice on Instagram and it's TGIJP is a group of trans GV and intersex people inside and outside of prisons creating a united family in the struggle for survival and freedom this is taking place on Twitch so that's twitch.tv backslash drag alive we'll leave the link to that in the show notes and this is happening way earlier than our Juneteenth virtual kickback so you can do both we want to see you there and Pull up, make sure you pull up to our Juneteenth virtual kick back Friday, 6 19, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on a black ass Zoom call. We want you to celebrate Juneteenth with us. Take a minute, take a breather, and celebrate Juneteenth. So come join us and have fun together. Like we've been saying all this time, we are centering black American folks, but everyone is welcome to come June 19th, Juneteenth, 9 to 11 PM. We'll be hanging out after. So if you are not able to make it between a nine and 11 time, you can still come through. We still want to, you know, share space with you 9 to 11 PM Eastern time. That is important because you know, that's just important. Come through. We have the link in our show notes for you to like RSVPs. You can get that link and all of that shit sent to you it's gonna be lit come through pull up celebrate blackness with tea with queen and jay yes all right let's get into the podcast this week on tea with queen and jay black trans lives matter then the ancestors and the groundwork they laid that led us to exposing racists on twitter and getting them fired oof delicious and then being an earshot of white folks at work and why today might be a good day to go to hr it's tea with queen and jay people drink up Yo. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I had a rough day yesterday, but it wasn't a rough week. So that's okay. a good thing. But I had a rough day. Sounds and now like progress. It is progress. Yeah, we're recording early in the morning. So maybe this will also, maybe this will be a good day and not a rough day. It will. Affirm that shit. Thank you. I will affirm it. Yesterday was rough, but I will affirm goodness. How you doing? I'm doing good. Last week was, um, I guess, neutral. Like, it wasn't horrible. Mm-hmm. Nothing, like, amazing happened. It was right. just like a regular week, which is, I guess, a good thing. Mm-hmm. Pretty stable. Okay. Well, good. 
Welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And this is Tea with Queen and Jay. Oh yeah, I was high today. Yeah, I'm, I'm Black Banner. Last week, I was oh, like, uh, okay, <laughs> this week, good. Like, That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag hashtag Tea with QJ. We love when you use it on all the social meds. You can also use the hashtag Pod in. That is a now listening hashtag that allows other folks to know that you are listening to Tea with Queen and Jay. Our social medias, we are on Instagram and Twitter. We love if you follow us there at Tea with QJ. We are also on Facebook and Tumblr. Just search for Tea with Queen and Jay and follow us there. Send us T-mail at TeaWithQueenandJ at gmail.com. You can send us questions, comments from the mundane to the serious. Those are the ways that you can connect with Tea with Queen and Jay. This is a spot of tea episode. Same great podcast, same great content. Less segment breaks, less formatting, and it allows us to do a show every week. So thank you again for joining us on TV Queen and Jay. Every week, we pour libations for the people, places, and things that give us black as joy. Pour some for the homies, the ancestors, and all of that shit. So Jay, who are we pouring libations for this week? Uh, I want to start by pouring libations for black trans folks. Mm-hmm. I want to pour libations for black trans folks everywhere. I think that as a community of black people, we always deal with shit. We're always dealing with some kind of fucking struggle. Somebody's always fucking fucking with us or doing some shit to us. And black trans folks experience that struggle and that people fucking with them at a different intersection mm-hmm. than we do in different yes. ways than cis folks do and i think that it's important that we acknowledge in times like these it's important that we acknowledge in times where um that struggle is hitting us as a black community harder at times when we are in uprising like every generation every few years is a season of uprising and struggle all that shit hits trans folks harder and i think it's important that we acknowledge their intersection in the struggle for black liberation because they deal with shit that a lot of us could never imagine dealing with. I think on top of constantly watching black folks of all genders be killed at the hands of police brutality, at the hands of white vigilantes, black trans folks are also watching black trans women be murdered at the hands of other black folks during this period when we're supposed to be uniting with one another to dismantle white supremacist patriarchal capitalism and a part of that shit is dismantling all those isms within ourselves and a lot of us are not doing that work whether we are actively transphobic or passively transphobic and not highlighting uplifting speaking about including trans folks in our everyday lives in everyday shit and so i just want to support libations we want to support libations for black trans folks all over and and Really think about, we talked about this a little bit last week um, when Diamond kind of had, Diamond from Marsha's Plate reminded me of this thing that like we don't talk about trans folks until they are struggling, you know, until something bad is happening to them, until they're being abused or murdered or or shit like that, you Mm -hmm. know. So I think that it's important that we make sure that we are highlighting those who are 
further marginalized than we are. And so to me as a, as a cis, straight, able-bodied, thin, light-skinned person, it's important that I'm constantly highlighting those who are further marginalized than myself, whose Mm -hmm. intersections are different than mine, whose intersections as black people cause them to be further abused, further marginalized than myself, further stigmatized than myself. And I think that it's important that we are constantly evaluating our own privilege and highlighting and celebrating people who do not share the privileges that we share. Right. I also want to pull libations for black trans ancestors. Um, mm-hmm. Like that, that's something that you, you just can't like skip over also. Right. So I just wanted to make sure that we hold space for them as well and pull libations for all of our black trans ancestors because it is just as important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So libations, yo. Yeah. And if you don't have any black trans folks in your life, explore that, you know, see what's up with that. Yeah. Why not? What is you doing? No. <laughs> Why not? Or who are the trans folks in your life that perhaps feel marginalized by you? Who mm-hmm. have you alienated? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because even us, like we're, we are at this stage in our lives where we recognize the importance of highlighting, including celebrating black trans folks but that comes at the work and the expense of Of, black trans uh, folks who were in our lives years ago when we we did not understand or or we didn't have have, this capacity or didn't have this knowledge or hadn't dismantled these things in us yet at that point you know right 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 so we acknowledge the people that we've hurt we acknowledge the people who have taught us we acknowledge the people who have yeah spent their labor on us word, you know word. what i'm saying so yes. yeah so libations to black trans folks yo word. i have another libation okay um and this one includes black trans folks this is this is uh all black folks i want to pour libations you mentioned black trans ancestors i want to pour libations for all black ancestors mm-hmm. for yes. setting the stage for us to have a lot of the conversations that are having right now Seriously. we're having conversations about like open public conversations yes. like open hopefully open in our personal lives but also it's coming it's, it's being demonstrated on social media these open conversations about pay equity these open conversations yes. about not just microaggressions but the shit the microaggressions that happen to us every day like from people who have names and who think they're our friends or pretend to be our friends or whatever yep. the fuck like things that are so that have been labeled to be so trivial that you couldn't bring up in the past Mm -hmm. unless you were talking to. And sometimes even amongst black folks, it's like some of us, we just give each other the eye because it's like the thing that, that this white person did is so embedded in whiteness and so nuanced and sometimes such a simple act of violence that it's hard to put into words. So sometimes we just, as black folks, we look at each other and be like, yeah, that's just some white shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, like, seeing those conversations being had publicly, seeing uh, seeing white folks claim some level of understanding, whether they understand or not, I really don't give a shit whether they get it or if we've changed hearts and minds. I don't give a fuck, but all I care about is that that shit shows up in HR so that when I bring it to HR and I be like, yo, this is the microaggression that fucking Becky did, it's on the books. I don't give a fuck yes. if HR agrees with me in their heart or their fucking mind. Most fuck their white won't. mind and their white heart. Most the point won't. of these conversations is to get this shit on paper, get it on the books, get mm-hmm. this shit documented so that we can point to 
We can point to the documented history of this shit and say, hey, this act of violence that happened to me on work, this act of social violence, this is what we've been talking about. This is unacceptable and it's unacceptable across industry. So I really want to thank the ancestors who laid the foundation for us to be here. Yeah. And having these conversations, like they were getting holes in the street. They were fucking being arrested. Black Panthers in this this secret war that nobody talks about where niggas yes. die and, and people are locked up forever. They did all of this shit so that we could fucking be tweeting about fucking pay equity and shit like that and, and yep. calling out motherfuckers that we wouldn't normally be able to call yep. out. Like they set the groundwork. They laid the foundation for all of this shit. And so I just, I was feeling um, in these past weeks of national uprising i was feeling really uh upset down confused all of the emotions that like we feel as black folks anytime one of these public lynchings takes place and it it, it seems like you know right now there's like a national outcry and a national uprising it's not just black folks but like for years, we were going to work dealing with this shit by ourselves. By you know ourselves. what I'm saying? For years, we were leaving work. If you worked with mostly white folks or non-black folks or whatever, we were leaving work and going to the protest by ourselves. We were going back to work, dealing with the trauma of all these things by ourselves and intercommunity. Yeah. So these feelings of like confusion and and trauma and all this stuff, like that we were that this is this is not new. All these mm-hmm. feelings are not new, just because yeah. like. White folks and the masses are paying attention to those feelings now. Yep. We were always having these feelings. Just because your coworkers are hitting you up or checking to see how you are now. White people, we always felt like this. Always. Okay? There were lots of times where you didn't check on us, didn't think about it, and had some weird, inappropriate conversation after somebody was killed and it was on the news, but it didn't affect you, so you didn't care. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I was having all those feelings, like I know most of us are. And... um. It was really hard to find, like, joy and stuff. Like, really, you know, I was in here taking care of myself and trying to find joy in little things or whatever. But this is hard. You know what I'm saying? This Mm -hmm. is hard. And so it, it, there was a moment when I was watching white folks get fired and resign and shit like that. And these, these conversations about things that were considered trivial before, right? Because they laid the foundation and... The ancestors laid the foundation for these big things that we're still fighting right now, but they also set the tone for us to be able to talk about these allegedly trivial things and shit that we deal yeah, with that work and no all that way stuff we or whatever. Could be right here, if all of that absolutely. Did not happen and so I was feeling so I started to find joy in watching these white people be dragged publicly mm-hmm. yeah. and watching these white folks lose their jobs, get fired. The the comedy in seeing people. Seeing white folks um, or other non-black POCs fucking post their Black Lives Matter shit, their apologies or whatever, and black people be like, oh, is this you? Well, this yeah, you? Like, Seeing that, yeah, like, that I was starting that. to bring me joy, and it just mm-hmm. came to mind that, yo, if our ancestors didn't do all the shit they did, we uh, this moment of joy that I'm having in mm-hmm. this black struggle, I wouldn't be having this moment of joy. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I really just wanted to pour um, libations for the ancestors and thank them for doing work so that I could laugh at all the white people being fired. You know what I'm saying? Doing work so that perhaps I could be paid a fucking respectable wage. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yes, so. I really enjoy that open conversation about money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As part of being um, an oppressive capitalist system is making that shit a secret. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy that piece of the conversation mm-hmm. a lot. 
Definitely. Speaking yeah. of the small things bringing us joy, what are you pouring libations for? I want to pour libations. She just did a shoulder shimmy, y'all. Yeah, because it just made me feel so good. Mm-hmm. I want to pour libations for pets. Right? Hey. I don't know how I could have did this quarantine without my cat. Um, it's just it's just been really helpful to have like another being around me that loves me unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Doesn't care if I showered or not. <laughs> doesn't you know like just like oh you're like you my bitch <laughs> you know like I fucked with you you my bitch I'm gonna love on you just because I'm gonna love on you. So it was nice to have a pet, especially me being in a um growing up. Grown up black, grown up Muslim, where it's just like you don't be having pets in the house, mm-hmm. <laughs> or your bed, or your bed, right. or like or your kitchen. You don't treat a pet like a person like an with a soul. Yeah. yeah, like all of those things that I was raised on, which eventually got dismantled because eventually we had dogs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that was like when it comes to like my really young childhood, that's what that was. Like, no, mm-hmm. we had like fish and like turtles. So anything you put in a tank and put away, right. you can just <laughs> <laughs> anything that doesn't shed. Anything yeah. that can be contained, anything that's not going to lick you in the face. Yes, anything that mm-hmm. can't, that doesn't have a little bit more agency, right, in the space. Mm-hmm. So it's just really nice to just like sometimes just look at my cat and be like, "Wow, this cat really fucking loves me and fucks with me," and like Aww. just because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's been that's been really helpful with me and my mental health as well. Because I'd be mm-hmm. in the feelings, and then he'll just come and be like, "I'm gonna sit on your chest and like rub on you." Aww. You know, like just shit like that. So, libations to my cat, Zena, Mm -hmm. but also to pets and to everyone who has had a pet while going through this quarantine or even going through this uprising and stuff like that. To just kind of have, like, I guess another living being around you who is oblivious to what's going Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. It's helpful. Because if a human is around me oblivious, I'm going to be mad. But my cat doesn't know that there's a pandemic. My cat doesn't know that, like, I'm struggling with white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. It just Mm -hmm. knows that, like, I love I love them and they be feeding me. And yeah, you know, so it's really dope and comforting. So libations to pets. Yeah. Libations to pets, yo. Hennessy be following me room to room. Not all the time, but I'll be she'll be laying in the bed and I'll be like in the kitchen doing something and then I'll sit on the couch she'll be like oh, okay we're in the living room now let's let's go over here <laughs> or I'll be on the couch for a while and then I'll go take a nap and she was like oh, okay we're in here okay I'll take a nap with you like shit like that <laughs> or I'll go to the bathroom and she'll be like oh what you doing in here you know you've been here for a while that's what she'll do after I've been in there for a while she'll be like alright what are you still on your phone here? what are you doing you're in that you box doing? again what are you doing <laughs> So yeah, it is a blessing. Y'all. Right? I appreciate it's, it's, that too. Libations to pets, yo. Libations to pets. So this is the time in the episode where we talk about how you can donate to Tea with Queen and Jay. Due to the national uprisings right now, what we're doing in lieu of that, we have a donation. Well, it's not a donation link, but we have a link in our show notes of where you can donate to different bail funds. There's also petitions in there you can check out if you have an updated list yes of places where you think that we should be directing people to donate like a a comprehensive list that includes more than one thing feel free to shoot that to us send us send that to us and we can start highlighting that but um yeah so that's what we're doing in lieu of donations right now you can also if you're like that nigga or if you are a white person of any 
of kind variety you can send us your money after you've done whatever to support the national uprising so yes you can you can still send us your money and the links to do that are also in our show notes if you would like to sponsor tea with queen and jay podcast if you'd like to advertise with us if you'd like to hear your ad on tea with queen and jay email us at tea with queen and jay at gmail.com if you'd like to hire us to speak at your school or organization about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, womanism, black feminism, black hair, or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast. Or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team, send us your T-mail at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. I did a little dance to the rhythm of that. Oh, wonderful. We do have donation libations, though, because y'all did donate. Even though it's a little bit different, it's a little different. It's a little bit different than it was last week. (laughs) <laughs> donations was a little bit different this week you know it's like it's like last week like white people was like yo take yo, my have, money I have, I have white privilege yo, i gotta i gotta give some of this white money to black people does anybody know any black people and people like introduced you to us and you were like all right i'm gonna give i'm gonna give these black people my money right my and money. then you were like then this week then this week it's like you know things simmered down I posted my black square. I donated some money. What else can I do? It's a new week. I'm burned out. I'm burned out. I've seen a lot of that. I don't know how you burned out. You know. Doesn't make sense. uh, It's a white fatigue. And uh, we're not, you know, our donations look different. They look different than they looked last week. I mean, we're good because black people been taking care of us. So we're good. We're good over here. But I just wanted to point out that I saw white people last week. When they was concerned, I saw them and they sent us money and we took it and we appreciated it. And then this week they was like, you know what? I did my good deed. So I'm just saying it's something to think about. That's all. Okay. <laughs> um, Queen, so yeah, tell us about our patrons this yes. week. Yes. So we got some new patrons. New patrons are Dimitri M.M. Dre, Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Black Women Stitch. Please make sure you are following them on the on the gram. We also got Indy, Lucky, and Sade. Thank all of you. And then we also got Sakaro and JK Expressions. Those folks up their pledge. Thank Ew. you for that. Y'all are bomb. Yes. We also had a few people hit us up on the PayPal. Thank you so much to the homie Webzy. We appreciate you. And Webzy says... Hey, Queen and Jay, this is Webs from Philly, and I just wanted to thank you for keeping our cups filled during this pandemic. I recently came into some money after the family sold my grandmother's home. The money reminds me she's not here, so I want to give it to those who bring truth, light, and positive vibes to my life. Y'all do whatever with the money. I just wanted to pay you for the work you do. Tea with Queen and Jay was the first podcast I ever listened to faithfully. I also found the Bad Bitch Brigade because of y'all, and three years later, my life was forever changed love y'all thank you webzy thank you webzy we appreciate you and we remember meeting you at pot and live they came to um our second pot and live dope dope and libations to your grandmother yes yeah libations to libations to you as you heal from that you know Mm -hmm. and libations to the bad bitch brigade i feel like we haven't talked about um our black baddie brigade in a minute We've, we've talked about them in passing but For anybody who doesn't know, the Bad Bitch Brigade, the Black Baddie Podcast Brigade, the the Book Blessed BBB includes 
us and our homie podcast. So that is us, T with Queen and J podcast, Inner Hole Uprising, Queer Walk podcast, Marsha's Plate, Bag Ladies podcast. Did I say all of us? Mm-hmm. Okay. And we are the Black Batty Brigade taking over the world. Yes. One so. pod feed at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and um, yeah, we are just a group of podcasters who fuck with each other and are down for fucking dismantling the system. We're a group of black podcasters, and there are no cis men in our crew because um, for what? For what? Why get the fuck out of here? <laughs> All right. Anyway, thank you so much, Webzy. We also got. A donation from Damon and Damon says, thank you for all the black joy snack up. We will use your money to buy snacks. Thank you so much, Damon. We appreciate you. yo. Right. We appreciate you. Events. 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 So one of our favorite events of the year is coming up and that is our Juneteenth virtual kickback taking place on Zoom June 19th from 9 to 11 p.m. Now, listen, listen, come close. Come close. Okay. Black folks, black folks, I put 9 to 11 on there so mm-hmm. that you Negroes will show up, okay, before 11, all right? I mean, we're going to be doing shit the whole time. You really should try and come and kick it with us and be there at 9, but I say this to say I put that it ends at 11. We will still be hanging out for a bit, so if you're, like, at work or some shit and you can't join us until 11, still log in, Still, we'll still be kicking it. It's Juneteenth. We'll be celebrating until Juneteenth is fucking over, right? So come yes. through. So that's the point. Um, so yeah, but it's nine to eleven. Our guests will be there from nine to like a little bit after eleven. We have a series of guests that I'm Yo, excited about. This is so late. Very exciting. So they'll be there for whatever time they'll be there. So be sure to come through and check it out. Juneteenth, for anybody who doesn't know, Juneteenth is the day that enslaved Africans got word that they were free, finally. Um, and this happened in Texas about two to three years after emancipation. So that kind of thing happened around the country where enslaved Africans did not get word that they were free years after slavery was allegedly over, which is completely fucked up. So Juneteenth celebrates that awareness of our freedom from slavery. And we like to celebrate that shit every year it is the first black american holiday it is the only black american holiday i would say right yeah it is the only holiday that celebrates black americans and it is our goal to celebrate that shit every year this is our fifth annual juneteenth celebration so we're actually even though we usually throw a live party in person in new york what's dope about doing this zoom event is that we can include people from Um, all over yeah right so this is what we're we're like super excited about this shit please come through please share it again this event will center black american folks it will center black people in general with a focus on black american folks if you are white if you are non-black poc you are welcome to join we just ask that you do not center yourself. In, Sit in the back you, of the bus now. Right. If you decide to engage <laughs> in the group chat, you know how Zoom has a group chat or whatever. If you decide to engage, please engage thoughtfully and remember that this space is dedicated to black folks, black American folks specifically, but black folks. Okay. So move like with that in mind, not mm-hmm. to take up too much space if you are not a black 
person. Word. Our guests. Our guests. Oh, listen guess. to this. No, this list. Listen to this list, y'all. Listen to this list. I'm excited. Listen so to the list. we're going to be there. Our homie DJ Marsha Mayai will be there. We have the homie Premium Geek doing ASL interpreting sign language. And that can be seen in gallery view. So when, once you're in the Zoom party, there'll be an option to look in speaker view or gallery view. If you set it to gallery view, you will be able to see Premium Geek translating in sign language. Mm-hmm. So they will be there. Special guests. Alicia Brown Comedy, Kimberly Foster from For Harriet, the homie actor, director, Reagan Gomez, the homie Alex Hardy, writer, teacher, mental health advocate, Dr. Joy from Therapy for Black Girls will be there. The homie Juju Bay of It's a Little Juju podcast will be there. Her and her black ass spirituality. Tatiana King-Jones of For All Nerds will be there doing a little tech segment. So please Mm -hmm. come through. Our homies at Marsha's Plate Podcast will be there. Rob, the plant god of Inner Hole Uprising, will be there talking to us about plants Plants. and shit. Yeah. Rod and Karen of The Black Guy Who Tips. And Melissa Thompson of Hashtag Disability to White. And more folks will be there. So come through. We'll be kicking it. Mm -hmm. I'll be trying to stay on schedule. But, you know, I'm black. So we may go over, but yeah, come through, yo. Come through. Thanks to everybody who submitted for Black Girl. Thanks to everybody who submitted for Black Girl Show and Tell. We appreciate you. Submissions yep. are now closed, but thank you to everybody who submitted. And if you haven't heard from us already, we'll be getting back to you. Yes. Before the event. So thank you so much. We appreciate you. And be sure to come through. through you deserve fun you do deserve <laughs> you do deserve yo you do deserve a minute to fucking breathe mm-hmm. and that's what we're gonna be fucking doing so yeah rsvp the zoom link will be sent to your email up to 24 hours before the kickback come as you are there will be times when you could turn your camera on or your audio on but there's no pressure to do so so if you just want to turn it on and have it on in the background while you're doing whatever the fuck you want to do on friday that's cool if you don't have the energy or interest in engaging that's totally fine don't gotta do it that's right and you can also put on your cute outfit and turn your camera on if you like okay so come through it's a zoom kickback we are freaking excited and we want to see everybody there so the link to that will be in the show notes and the homie sam of inner hole uprising will also be there helping us on the production side so yeah so thank you so much to sam we appreciate libations to sam yo libations for a nigga knowing how to do shit yo motherfucking sam samula we love you samula samula the bamula we love you Mm -hmm. we do we do what kind of tea you drinking i am drinking black tea but i put some turmeric in it Mm. Yeah, cause with a twist. Yeah, you know this. You know this is a little something. A little okay. something. Yes, that's what I'm drinking. What kind of tea are nope. you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking teas by G. Wait, wait. What kind of elixir tea <laughs> are you drinking? I'm drinking teas by D- by G. This is the um. This is the PMS blend. Mm-hmm um cbd pms blend i'm drinking that but yes to the elixir part of it what yes. i do yes. to make sure that it's like Go ahead. potent okay. so i boil the water mm-hmm. in the pot right so i measure how much water i want to have or whatever like in my cup and shit like that and then put it boil. in the pot okay boil it once it's boiled i put the tea bag in the pot so it's hot 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 
I put the tea bag in the pot and I let it steep in the pot for a good minute. So I like mm-hmm. however long I can do it or whatever. I try and do it in advance enough so that I can have it steeping for like an hour before I actually drink it. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm in a hurry, whatever, I let it steep for, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. But I do it in the pot because the pot is hotter. And then from there, I'll transfer it into my cup. Mm-hmm. Then, because I reuse these tea bags, then I measure some water again. I do the whole thing again and then I just leave it and go about my life Mm -hmm. and then after a while once the pot has cooled and everything and it's like there's nothing really in terms of like heat going on and steeping going on then i transfer it into some other shit and put in the fridge and save it until i'm ready to have that type of tea again so that's what i do because the tea bags can be reused and Mm -hmm. it's not as potent as the first time per se but it's still like having your tea being sustainable and shit you know you so that's you. what I'm drinking. Yeah. What are your pronouns? She, her. What are your pronouns, Jay? My pronouns are she, her, they, them. Even though last week I forgot they, them. Because I really wanted to reiterate the motherfucking point that I'm not a lady. <laughs> and people seem to not care about that. But yeah, my pronouns are she, her, they, them. And then aside from my pronouns, mm-hmm. I am not a lady. So please don't refer to us as ladies in your emails or messages to us. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And what are you affirming for yourself this week? I'm affirming that I'm a bad bitch. I'm affirming that I am enough. I also affirm that I'll be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma mm-hmm. um i affirm that i will be well rest real, uh, i affirm that i will be well rested my hair and fashions are popping my body and my mind and my spirit are healthy and that i'll forever and always turn up on these hopes i affirm that i will continue to be with my sex buddy that provides me pleasure. Oh, um, yes. Well, that adds to my sexual pleasure. I provide pleasure for myself as well. Yes, so they add yes, to my sexual pleasure. And I affirm a safe and healthy, um, and that's a mentally healthy and a physically healthy, and also a spiritually healthy reopening of New York City. Um, mm-hmm. We are now in phase one. Mm-hmm. And especially for black folks, I just want this to be healthy for us. Coronavirus has been a piece of shit. Um, just doing what a virus does but because of all of the systemic shit it has been extra hard on us so I just want to affirm that this reopening of New York City can be healthy both physically uh, mentally and spiritually and I want to affirm that (laughs) although 2020 has been some shit I still want to affirm that it will be fruitful that it will be abundant for for everybody like whatever mm-hmm. you need abundance and whatever you need more fruitfulness and you can still receive that even amongst all of this shit it is possible it will happen for you just affirm it for yourself every day because mm-hmm. you deserve all our bundles you deserve all our bundles try not to sit in all of the i'm not a fake positive bitch but don't try to don't sit in all of the shit you know right. like you can don't still have all shit. you can still have some great stuff a bundled sent to you and shit mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. I want to affirm that. I like that shit, yo. Yep. Jay, what are you affirming for yourself? I affirm a life full of abundance, health, wealth, and abundance of income, sustainable, rewarding, and financially beneficial self-employment would be dope also. I want income that does not oppress 
or negatively impact other people. I affirm the opportunities that I'm about to have and secure will be even more popping than the opportunities that presented themselves before Quarantino. So I affirm that shit. I affirm Mm -hmm. that I am enough. My apartment is paid for. My rent is paid. I am productive. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma. I affirm an earlier sleep schedule, which I think I'm... It's happening. It's it's happening. Yeah, I think I'm almost back on track right now. Keep saying that affirmation until we... Yeah, I'm on like a two-nap schedule right now, but it has me like awake in the daytime, which is dope. So like I think I'm up for the day right now, which is Mm -hmm. pretty cool. So I'm excited about that. Um, You're a day worker now. I'm a day walker again. (laughs) (laughs) i affirm healthy platonic and healthy romantic intimacy i affirm a brand new macbook pro with all the shits me and my loved ones are healthy i affirm a new studio and workspace for tea with queen and jay where we can record and work and be comfortable at our convenience once quarantino is over and i affirm liberation and power to all the people all the people all the people, yo. Not just those cis men. No, not just them niggas, yo. Everybody. Everybody in the club get abundance. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're dancing. But, you know, I'm really rocking. See that. I don't. I don't. I'm not a good dancer, so I'm doing some <laughs> illusion of like what that could be. <laughs> all right. 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 So I'm upset. Why are you upset, Jay? What's going on? What's going on? I'm upset. What's going on? I'm upset. I know. Why are you upset, friend? I'm upset. So I've been in quarantino. Um, I have still been social isolating because I um, go to my grandmother's every week. You've been doing a really good job. I want to say that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do. I really do appreciate that. Um, I have not been participating in this round of uprisings. I have protested before. I have been arrested for being in the streets before. Mm-hmm. It's not out of my scope of things or interests to do. And I didn't do it this time around because I'm still concerned about contracting coronavirus. And I personally can't risk it because I don't want to be... Um, I don't want to not be able to go and see my grandmother. And that's something that like as a family, it's important, I think, that I'd be able to contribute in that way. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to put myself at risk. Then recently, this past weekend in NYC, and I think across the country, there were a lot of marches for black trans lives, all black lives matter Mm -hmm. happening across the country. There was one... You mentioned that you might be going to one in Brooklyn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I looked into it. I was like, oh, if I did if I did leave my house, if I did, did elect yep. to um, risk, you know, coronavirus, this would be something I would go to. So either this or the beheading of the Columbus statue in Columbus Circle, right? <laughs> so I was like, those, those, you know, those things, perhaps at this stage, I would risk it for. And yeah. then I looked at the, like, the Twitter promo for it. And I was like, oh, no, 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 like. Mad people are going to be, be there. there. And this yep. is still like, you know, while I might be willing to like risk it, this is still whatever. And going outside, anything with large people, I'm still putting myself at risk for yes. contracting it and possibly contracting my grandmother or having to stay away too long to make sure that I don't have it and really not being able to be of a support to her. Yeah. And that that actually made me upset. Like that moment of like being at a place where, okay, maybe... 
now I'll go. Mm-hmm. And then feeling like, okay, I can't. That made me upset. And then it kind of made me upset that like, niggas is just outside now. Like, not for uprising, not for protests, which I totally understand. But it, it feels like now that we've had to protest and had to be outside and had to risk coronavirus to get folks' attention in support of our lives as black folks mattering now it feels like people are also having social gatherings and shit yeah outside of protests yeah Yeah, people are hanging out together people are having fucking birthday parties and shit and i'm upset quarantino has been mad challenging but honestly it it feels even more upsetting and challenging when like niggas is outside for fun you know what i'm saying yeah Uh i'm upset i am jealous i am Mm. uh, that's it really i'm just upset and jealous and also coronavirus is not done it's not over i would really love for y'all not to catch that rona i really would love for that not to be a thing you know Mm -hmm. like it's still out there seeing a lot of the social gathering does bother me too i haven't Mm -hmm. been a perfect quarantiner but i have not done anything social you know what I mean? Yeah. So I have... Like in, a, in terms of a group. Yeah, in groups. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I have been social, but not in terms of a group. They've been like, you know, I say the insulin still not perfect, right. but it does make me upset to see your Instagram story and mm-hmm. there's a party and y'all are probably drinking from the same bottle and sharing the same blunts mm-hmm. and shit, you know? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drink it from the same bottle. That sounds excessive. <laughs> Probably not. But. Nobody was doing that before, unless you like outside. Like, who is you drinking from the same bottle? Look, I'm a, look, I am jealous as well. So you know when you're uh-huh. jealous, you just be shady. You start with it. Put, throwing shit on it. Y'all drinking from the same. <laughs> y'all licking the caps of everything. Right. Y'all licking doorknobs. Bless the bottle to make sure having no orgies at grandma's birthday. <laughs> unprotected in front of our salad no you know what and i haven't i haven't said anything about it like before i would be like yo y'all like before the uprisings i'd be like yo y'all social distancing like what's Mm -hmm. happening here like but now it's like you know people are tired people are exhausted people are hurt and we need each other like i am quarantining but i'm a nigga is not okay so like i really haven't been like saying anything calling anybody out or whatever like people who have been outside protesting and shit like to then be able to gather and celebrate one another i get it i just don't think that it is safe you know so not for us yo not for us when we're more likely to die from that rona more likely to to get it we're more likely to die we're more likely to be mistreated we're more likely to have fucking poor aftercare like you know this ain't it. So anyway, I'm upset about that. Yeah, I, feel you. I just wanted to share that because it has been bothering me and y'all just out here having fun, doing hood rat shit with your friends. Lay alone, without me. spread away. <laughs> Ripping and running, hooping and hollering, <laughs> gallivanting, right. hemming and hawing. Yeah, you ain't gonna get running in and out. <laughs> you ain't gonna keep running in and out this house. Okay? Uh That's yeah, so I don't know. Letting all the I air out and to, shit. I wanted to express that feeling because that did have me a little salty yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was like, these niggas just out having fun and shit. Fuck y'all, you know. That's how I felt. But 
have fun, but have fun safely. Like, coronavirus did not go anywhere, guys. It didn't. It's still here. I feel like People it's People are like, still dying. It's like snickering at us. <laughs> oh, man. Like, look at them. <laughs> look at them. That's what it's doing. Yeah. Look at y'all. <laughs> you niggas is crazy. Oh, gosh. All right. Let's take a break. Yeah. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money. Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like. Giving black women year. your money. Yes. Give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh, yes. Yes. We do this dope ass Women is Race Nerd podcast every motherfucking every week. Every week. Sometimes twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, we definitely can. Absolutely. So how can you do that? You can go to our website. Yo. TeamsQueenandJay.com. Hit that donate tab. And mm-hmm. we have two options there. So two. Can, two. You become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice. That's right. On how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes. And we're black. All the motherfucking time. Speaking of being black. Yes. Voter suppression. How about that? Voter suppression. How That's a thing. About that? That's a thing. Just looking at what happened in Georgia when it came to folks wanting to vote, polls weren't open on time, lines was long, machines not fucking working, just all of this shit. You see lines like long and outside the door and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously that is a that is a result of voter suppression and shit like that. And then a lot of the lines that I was seeing when I saw these stories had lots of black folks on it. Um, and of course, I'm hyper aware of what black folks do because that's what the fuck we do over here. So mm-hmm. it made me start thinking about ways that we talk about voting and how we talk about the black vote. And I kind of want the conversation to shift. So usually when we're talking about black voting, it's like, you got to go out and vote. Go vote. If you don't vote, this is happening because you don't vote. Like a lot of the responsibility and the onus of voting for black folks is just like, it's usually expressed as like it's this singular choice, as if you are choosing mm-hmm. to not do this thing or we're disappointed in black folks who don't vote or you don't have a complaint, a right to complain about things because you don't vote. And then we have a history of knowing, not really romanticizing, that's a poor choice of words, but kind of just like using our ancestors as a as a way to kind of like, you should be doing this because we die. You know, just the conversation. It's kind of guilt us, like your ancestors died for the right for you to vote. And yes. if you don't exercise that right, then you're letting the ancestors down kind of thing. Yes. Which is not, it's not entirely false, but like there's more to the, to that narrative. Exactly. So I wanted to talk about that and, and kind of just like, 
make the conversation more about the systemic ways in which black votes are suppressed rather than being like, you niggas don't vote. <laughs> we you like, niggas is crazy. We like this because you niggas don't be voting. See? Mm-hmm. See? See? Yeah, but did you if vote? y'all would just vote, you would fix it. <laughs> if you would just vote, you didn't show up to vote. So now so, now everything is fucked up because what, you, you don't vote. You, Not enough niggas vote. Yeah. It's your responsibility to fix this. <laughs> Which... We, as we express on this show all the time, all the responsibility, all the onus is not on black folks. There are always other systemic things that are at play. And this is another instance of systemic stuff being at play. So I did look into some history. So this is from the the Library of mm-hmm. Congress. That's easy words. I don't know why I can't remember them. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I got this little blurb from the Library of Congress. So... The 14th Amendment to the Constitution, which was passed in 1868, actually granted African Americans the right of citizenship. However, did this not always translate into the ability to vote? Black voters were systemically turned away from state polling places. So once this ratchet-ass country said we were citizens, we had the right to vote. So we have always had this right. No, not always. But since citizenship innately, according to the Constitution... Mm -hmm this right was granted to us. And I think that a lot of times that we're talking about our ancestors and elders, we say that they fought for our right to vote. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that they actually fought against suppression, our suppression to vote. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's important to make that distinction. I'm going to read more from the Library of Congress. Because they noticed that our votes were suppressed. Another amendment was passed in 1870, the 15th Amendment, and it says the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous conditions of servitude. Basically meaning that people who were once enslaved, who are now citizens, have the right to vote. So we already know that we weren't allowed to vote because of suppression, but I think it's just important to say out loud that according to this constitution, even though we know that this constitution is, you know, written for white folks, I think it's important to go back to the fact that on books and quotations, we have mm-hmm. always had the right to vote as mm-hmm. when we became citizens. And a lot mm-hmm. of what we've been fighting for all of this time, a lot of what our ancestors have died for was to get rid of voter suppression. Yeah, preserve the right to vote. Yes. Instead of earn the right to vote. Preserve exactly. the right to vote and eliminate voter suppression. Yeah. I think it's helpful to be a little more specific about that language. One, because it gives more insight into our history and it gives people more knowledge, specifically black folks, because we were talking about black folks, but it gives people more knowledge to what that is. And I think it removes the idea of, and these are some of the ideas that I used to have where it was just like, it's a choice, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, and I don't think that we got, we get to the point where it's like just a, cho- a choice until voter suppression for black folks is completely eliminated. But mm-hmm. because a lot of us aren't thinking that a lot of these initiatives, a lot of these pushes that black folks was doing throughout our history was to get rid of that suppression mm-hmm. of our vote. We think that, okay, we have the right now. So now it's a choice and that's not the actual truth or the right because yeah a part of that and that's not to say that like it's okay to choose not to vote even though it's okay to do like whatever you want to do or whatever you know you're a free black person but like that's more to say that when we vote 
Like, it's not just about, like, if you vote, things will be fixed. Like, every time we vote, like, people are constantly trying to keep us from voting. So those of us who make it through that filter, those of us who make it through that watering down of the quote-unquote black vote, like... Personally, I think that is it is important that we are voting to counteract voter suppression, which is a constant, ongoing, real threat and real thing that these motherfuckers do to suppress the black vote. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So it is it is this constant uphill battle. And and oftentimes when we, quote unquote, lose these elections, it is because of voter suppression, more because it has more to do with voter suppression suppression. than it has to do with the fact that niggas chose not to vote. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a really important thing to inject in a conversation because usually when we have these conversations about voting in terms of blackness, it is we didn't do the things we were supposed to do Mm -hmm. and not talking about the the systemic ways in which our voting is suppressed, which affects us in way larger numbers than black folks simply not voting you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's it's it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a bigger thing so like we we do these things we have the initiatives we we have the drives to get people to register to vote we do things like when diddy was like vote or die like we do mm-hmm. all of these things to like have these conversations with ourselves about why voting is so important i do like that we're having lots of well we've always had voter suppression conversations but i think that it's, i just wanted to be screamed way more rather right. than the screaming that we do at each other for lack of voting or not voting or blaming mm-hmm. us for certain things because of the not voting or saying that you're disappointing in us because we didn't vote or you know mm-hmm. whatever shit like that like some of that a lot of that energy needs to go to the, the systemic oppression when it comes to the suppression of the black vote as well right. you know like mm-hmm. I, I just want us to stop yelling at each other so much because of that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, in our current lives or existence or whatever like that, I looked at how, like, when Barack Obama became president and a lot of what happened publicly, because I want to say Jay said this off camera because this is publicly. We don't know why people do in the whispers (laughs) and, like, Mm -hmm. in the background and shit like that. But publicly, a lot of what the Republicans did when it was like, all right, there's a black president this fucking country is trying to fucking change and we don't like that shit. A lot of what they did was push more on their systemic suppression of mm-hmm. voting for us. That's what, that's a lot of what they did publicly to make it so that we don't vote. So that's why we right. have, I'll go into more later, but that's how we're able to have so many states that like probably at this point will probably be blue. A lot of those purple states that usually sway left to right that would probably be more blue now, but they're still red because of a lot of the voter suppression that happened in those states counties cities whatever and shit like Mm -hmm. that so i wanted to go into time magazine had it's a lot but it was just like really good information but lots of instances of where enough voting and particularly for black people wouldn't even do much because of all of the systemic suppression of votes happening Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna just get into Mm -hmm. that and read that so voting is not enough when gerrymandering schemes In Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, North Carolina, Georgia, Texas, Wisconsin, and other closely divided states intentionally pack minority voters into as few districts as possible, maximizing the power of suburban whites and rural conservatives, diluting votes in Detroit, Philadelphia, Charlotte, Austin, San Antonio, Atlanta, and Milwaukee, and locking in the GOP control of state legislator. 
Voting is not enough when 33 million Americans have been purged from Mm -hmm. the voting rolls between 2014 and 2018. According to the Brennan Center, the purge rate is as much as 40 percent higher in states that have demonstrated history of racial voting discrimination. Not a coincidence, y'all. Nope. Voting is not enough when Wisconsin purges 14% of its voters between 2016 and 2018, nearly double the national average. Voters in black neighborhoods were nearly twice as likely to be kicked off the rolls as those in white suburbs. And so when you get purged off the voter rolls, first of all, your name has to be on that list in order for you to be able to vote at whatever your polling place is, right? So a lot of the purging that these um, cities and states do is mad secretive. So you Mm -hmm. don't always know why you were purged. You don't always know when. You don't always know. So you show up to vote thinking that you are registered and all set to go. You be there at the polls and they'd be like, oh, you're not on the list. It could be because... Yeah, it happened to me too. I think I didn't vote in like a primary and then I was just purged off the list. So now I'm here on motherfucking election day to vote and I can't vote here now because I couldn't vote at all that day. They gave me like a fill out thing that ended up not counting. You know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't on there because they decided to purge me because I didn't vote in like a primary or some shit. They can purge you for if they send email to the address that you have on the voter list, not email, if they send postal mail Mm -hmm. to the address you have at your registered voter whatever the fuck account whatever the fuck and you don't return whatever they have on file and you don't return that mail they'll they'll purge you and this these are just examples of like things that that we know reasons that we know of but they can purge you for like almost anything anything that they can find any way they can find to fucking purge you and get a black person's name off the fucking list for of being able to vote, they will do it. And it happens so frequently and it happens to so many people. And the reasons why often be so fucking mysterious and it be the last minute before you can fucking fix it yep. that you just out here, a whole nigga who actually waited online and showed up to vote and now you can't vote. You can't vote. And you've done, you've registered. You know, you've done the things. You've, you've, mm-hmm. You were like, you know what, you're right. Black people, I'm going to vote. And then shit mm-hmm. like this happens. Right. I'm going to go on for more in an article. It is not enough. When in 2018, Georgia's Secretary of State, Brian Kemp, ran for governor while simultaneously looking to purge some 300,000 voters from the rolls and pausing an additional 53,000 registrations, nearly 80% of those paused were blacks and other minorities. I don't like that word, but other non-black POCs. That's me. Mm-hmm. That's not them because, you know, mm-hmm. they're not as good as us. Voting is not enough when states enact draconian voter ID bills, such as one in North Carolina that a federal court ruled looked to surgically target black voters by researching and then requiring the specific ID they were least likely to have. It is not enough in mm. Alabama where legislators Toughen is voter ID bill and limited the acceptable forms of identification, then shuttered nearly three dozen DMV offices in eight of the 10 Alabama counties with the highest percentage of non-white voters. It is not that. Sorry, just real quick. That means they fucking they changed the fucking voter ID laws and what ID you need to have. And then they fucking closed the offices. So you can't even even go and get the the updated id nope. that you're supposed to have yeah and it, they close eight of the ten like that's ugh, just gross 
It is not enough in Wisconsin when DMV offices in the run up to the 2016 election sometimes openly defied a court order to supply photo IDs after the state's gerrymandered legislation added strict new ID requirements that a federal court found may have disenfranchised as many as 300,000 citizens. Right. I like how in this article they emphasize over and over that it is not enough to be like, go vote. All of y'all vote. Mm-hmm. This is, is this right. too much systemic suppression of the black vote for that to ever be enough. And I mm-hmm. think that we we need to know that we are having that conversation through the white gaze, through the G-A-Z-E, through the gaze of them saying that we are not doing some shit, when mm-hmm. in actuality, systemically, they are suppressing our vote in huge, huge fucking ways that right. is not even enough. There's not enough. We can't. It's nothing that we could do. It's not enough. Yeah. And some people only see this. Right. Some people only see this through their lens of privilege, the way that somebody told me, oh, it's just cost as much as like the price to buy a house the other day when <laughs> they know that I'm not looking to purchase a home. But whatever, because people often only look through their privilege and their experience or whatever. Right. Yeah. So if you live in a neighborhood and the DMV used to be a 15 minute walk away yeah. and now they close eight of the 10 DMVs in your fucking state. And now to get to one, you need a car, which you might not have. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You might not have a car. You might not have access to a car. You might not have fucking lift money. You might not have the time because now it's further right. away from wherever you right. used to be. Yes. Yes. All of that shit, all of that shit matters. And so when it comes to disenfranchisement, I think sometimes because we've been trained to see black folks as lazy, not behaving, doing the wrong thing or whatever, sometimes when we see language like disenfranchised, we think a nigga just was like, ah, it's too much. I'm not doing it. But if you have to now walk an hour to your local DMV, if you have to now pay for a Lyft or an Uber that you don't have, or maybe Lyft or Uber is not popping in your area or like that, or if you have to fucking, maybe you don't know anyone even who drives or the one person with a car is at work or whatever the fuck, like all of these put burdens on populations more likely to be dealing with these challenges. Yeah. And so disenfranchisement is not like, Oh, I just don't feel like it. It's like, no, this is this is now an added challenge and stress, potential added challenge and stress to my life that I might not be able to afford to engage in. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. I, I might just have to like let it go. Yeah, I'm gonna just let voting go yeah. and try it again next time. Yeah. You know, then, you know, because when I do get there, since there's only now two DMV's offices in Alabama, that means all of the state is at either one of these, mm-hmm. and I don't have time. The luxury of time, the privilege of time to be at the DMV all day to get whatever ID is required for me to vote. Yeah. You know, so we just wanted to highlight that a lot of this is the systemic of suppression of the mm-hmm. black vote. And let's galvanize around that. Let's right. make demands around that. Let's scream about that. Let's also mm-hmm. protest mm-hmm. about that. You know, right. it's because right. this is this is a lot. Yeah, and I know that I know that there are people who are aware yep. of this systemic oppression but also still center and focus kind of like blaming the individual mm-hmm. for not like quote unquote doing their part or whatever. And I think that that has a lot to do with like 
People take on this or insist that it's about this personal responsibility for things that are structural and systemic problems because oftentimes we don't want to acknowledge the level of power and influence that these violent systems of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism have over our lives. And it's very scary to potentially feel powerless or like you don't have agency or that you're not as free as you thought you were or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And nobody wants to feel fucking victimized. It's a fucking terrible feeling. And it's what this fucking colonialized world seeks to victimize people of color all over the fucking colonized world and then shit on us for being a victim. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that level of oppression is embedded in our fucking DNA and we feel it. You know what I'm saying? We feel it. So nobody wants to feel like that. And I feel like sometimes that's the pushback and that's the insistence on this personal responsibility shit so that people can feel some level of power. But I really do think that it's empowering to acknowledge the system of white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, whatever other systems and isms, structural fucking oppression that is at work so that we can fight whatever the actual problem is. Right. Because if we keep fighting and keep talking about niggas not voting and focusing on that shit, we're not centering the actual problem and then these niggas don't have to answer for the problem yeah you know what i'm saying so then times like now when we're in a national uprising if we focus in on individual voting and shit then now we're not bringing up structural oppression and the structural symptoms that cause voter suppression lead to voter suppression and lead to the yeah the fucking suppression of the black vote the alleged this elusive black vote you know what i'm saying um or, or readily accessible, as niggas <laughs> like to say. We just yeah. fucking give it up. Mm-hmm. We just give it up, give it. We lay it low and spread wide. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, it's important that we have these conversations because a lot of times it's about getting on the same page, right? Yeah. So I, I run into people who are like, what are we going to do? What are the solutions? Who's our leader? What do we do? What are we gonna do? I'm like, yo, nigga, you and me are not even on the same page you of what the don't problem even is. Go here. You don't even go here. We don't even know what the problem is between you and I. You think it's niggas not doing shit and fucking the black dollar and this fucking that or whatever. And I think that it's something else. I'm talking about structural oppression and other other shit. Mm-hmm. So like I think a lot of times these conversations, and I'm not saying that I'm more right than I mean, I'm more right than these particular people that I know because I'm to school <laughs> with them. But I'm not saying that my position is the right one. What I'm saying is that these conversations are important for us to get closer to being on the same motherfucking page. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. to, in, in terms of like, okay, what is the problem that we're fighting? Because if we're not in agreement to, and we're not all going to be in agreement. I'm just saying it helps to talk about the shit. If we're not in agreement about like what the actual problem is, then a lot of the solutions that we come up with are are going to be you know, they're going to be varied because we're trying to solve different problems. You know what yeah. I'm saying? My my dad, who is a retired NYPD and still works in some sort of like law enforcement education, like I don't talk to him about these things because we almost can't because we have a different understanding of what the problem is. Even though he is a black person, he is a black man. Yeah. He is, uh, you know, it's different types of black cops. He's a, he's He's a black dude. You know what I'm saying? He taught me to be this way. But we even don't see the, you to be that way even you know, with teaching me to be that way we still have different ideas is, on yeah. what the problem is who's to blame and who to center in how we fix it mm-hmm. and so that's what i'm saying is really getting getting down to okay what is the problem and getting more people to understand like some of the roots of like the problem so that we can move forward in, in, in a more collective way yeah. to fix that shit Word. we just wanted to you know bring that conversation to everyone listening right. It's it's not us, it's them. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's not us it's mm-hmm. them and and hopefully we can get to a place when we abolish all of these fucking systems and we can get to a place where someone could could rightfully say i'm choosing not to vote and it not be such like this hurtful harmful thing because there aren't these other i think it would still be hurtful and harmful to me personally you know Mm -hmm. whatever but for the collective Mm -hmm. um the huge collective because of all of this this systemic stuff is just like it's just a lot and it's Mm -hmm. it's no way that we could like win the war when Mm -hmm. we're not acknowledging or looking at what this specific battle is in this instant you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so thank you for that you know you know this you know this is what we do <laughs> but if you're a listener and you do know of any black voter suppression initiatives, anything that is any work that is happening to counter this, because we know there are folks doing this work, we don't want to erase that there aren't folks doing that. There mm-hmm. definitely are. If you know of folks, please send that over so we can have that info. We would love to know it and share it. Yep. Speaking of racism, <laughs> we got a letter. We got a letter. Oh, I had an ex used to say racism like that. Uh... He was from CLEO. Memories. You should be like, they're racist. (laughs) You're too racial. All right. We got a letter from India, and Mm -hmm. the subject is dealing with racist coworkers. Yikes. Mm -hmm. So India says, I just found y'all last week, and let me tell you, I've been pouring libations for y'all daily because you've been bringing me all the black joy. Thank you for the work you're doing and providing us all so much bomb-ass content. And then the prayer hands. Thank you for the prayer hand emoji. (laughs) Thanks in part, or as some say, the high five emoji. That's a mind blown sound. They're black. Anyway, say pray. We just be praying. Okay. We be we be fucking. What's that word? You don't believe in God? Atheists and still be praying. Like we just praying as people. (laughs) Praying to who? Um, Who Okay. All right. Thanks in part to y'all. I'm on a journey of reclaiming my voice and taking up my own space. I'm not great at conflict, so I usually take the passive aggressive route, just cutting people the fuck off when they say slash do some racist, classist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic bullshit. But with Black Lives Matter and white supremacy so at the forefront of our society right now and white co-workers now feeling like they need to give us their hot takes on everything, I've had to have a record number of confrontational conversations about what isn't okay to fucking say. Do y'all have any advice on A, having these conversations and B, how to cope with constantly having people disappoint you? Am I just doomed to a lonely existence of cutting people off because they're willfully ignorant? Does it ever get easier india thank you thanks for the letter india. thanks for the letter thanks for trusting us with your questions mm-hmm. queen what do you think see girl so like we the same kind of person <laughs> <laughs> i that is usually my tactic as well like you know what i just ain't talking to them um and doing that so i don't have anything to offer there because i don't have the tools oh my god why are we the same person i don't know how to deal with people who disappoint me either i just be <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh um i don't think you're doomed to a lonely existence now that i can talk about i do not think you're doomed to a lonely exist a lonely existence i do i don't know where you live i don't know if you're in a place where there's lots of white people and things like that but i think that we are in a space where the internet allows us to still have community the internet allows mm-hmm. us to still not feel so alone 
um, you found this podcast. You know, like there are right. ways for you to find community, not feel doomed and alone at every second of your life. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that can happen. I don't think that you have to have any of these white people in your life. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. so it's not horrible if you're cutting people off. I'm talking about the white folks. It's not horrible if you're cutting them off. I don't think you should feel any kind of way or shame or anything like that. Um, because that is a lot of work to fucking do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't think you should feel bad if you did cut white folks off because of their ignorance or their willing full ignorance and shit like that. But I do not want you to ever feel that you're doomed to a lonely existence because that's not true and that's white supremacy that makes you feel that way that is Mm. it is set up in that way to make you feel like your existence is like only yours or like that there's no other black folks that you could connect with that the way that you feel isolated that is the goal of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism and it's not the truth it's never the truth that is a way for you to not even create or reimagine freedom in yourself because you think that you are isolated. You are the only one. I'm always going to feel like this. No one's going to understand. You know, like all of those things. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. not fucking true. So I just want you to know that. And I wanted to speak to that for you, India. Okay. What okay, you got, okay. Jay? So I, people think that I am confrontational because maybe I might be confrontational, but you are. It's not. Yes. I, okay. I'm, I'm a confrontational. Confrontational person. does not mean that you be fucking shit up, though. And I think that people think that. Right. Right. Yes. You know. Yes. That doesn't mean. Yes. That. I have hard conversations. I address things that that I don't like. But I think that because I am confrontational, or can be confrontational. People assume that I'm comfortable with confrontation. It mm-hmm. makes me very uncomfortable. It's laborious. Okay. Because now I have to fucking address some shit or whatever. I fucking hate it Mm -hmm. and it makes me mad that i have to fucking do it and i'm uncomfortable doing it because while i am confrontational can be confrontational considered mean by some people and hurt people's feelings that is mad uncomfortable for me i don't want to hurt people i'm if i'm talking to you right like unless you're a stranger i just met at a restaurant or some kind of place like that or whatever if i'm engaging with you you're a person in my life who i know i don't want to hurt your feelings Mm -hmm. i don't want to do that yeah and so it's upsetting to have conflict and shit like that. It's laborious. It's draining. It's irritating. But I do do it. So I think that there is a way to... Because really at the end of the day, for me, it's about standing up for myself. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. I, I am comfortable engage Not comfortable. Not comfortable. I will engage in conflict with you because my comfort and my peace is more important than me being quiet so that you can be comfortable Mm -hmm. with being racist or doing whatever you're doing and then I can be comfortable in this moment. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then there's an element of like, it feels comfortable to be passive aggressive and quiet and maybe not address some shit, but that shit is going to happen again and or that shit is going to happen to like the next black person they encounter. And it's a short-term feeling. Yes. It's a very short-term feeling. Like for me, I don't have lots of interaction with white folks, so that's why Mm -hmm. I don't know how to offer anything in this particular conversation. Mm -hmm. But like if you don't address stuff, it's going to come up again. And whatever feeling of comfort that you had in that moment by not addressing it is short-term. It's not going to last forever. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just not at all. Right. I would say, don't be afraid to start exercising that muscle 
of confrontation. I also think that I don't know how you identify, but I know that women and black women in particular, like oftentimes we are raised in this gendered way that teaches us to be nice and be the person to bear the brunt of not hurting anyone's feelings, right? So you have to carry the fucking labor, the emotional labor of everybody's fucking feelings around you and make sure that everybody is okay and be the fucking mama or fucking emotional fucking support of everybody around you, the emotional mule of everyone around you or whatever. And I think that it is a practice that is valuable to our growth as human beings to shed that. Mm -hmm. If that's something that you were raised with or whatever, shed that feeling of, I don't want to confront somebody because their comfort is more important than mine. Or I don't want to be seen as the angry black woman, or I don't want to be seen as somebody who has too much to say. I don't want to be seen as like not being nice. Like that really is a thing. Like it's okay to not be nice. So I would say, engage in the discomfort of confrontation because later on down the line it is more rewarding it's more rewarding for you in the end unless of course you get fired by whatever racist person witnessed you be confrontational with somebody and Mm -hmm. honestly if you can afford to be fired it feels sometimes it feels good I'm just saying. And then that's cause for other things now. Like, you go report. Right, that's true. If you still have the energy to still work for you to report them to the Department of Labor, still work for you to possibly get a lawyer into, you know, all of those Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. But that can happen as well. They could Mm -hmm. get it. Anybody can get it. In terms of the white people at your job, it is not your job to educate or change the hearts and minds of your coworkers. Say that again, friends. Say that again, friends. It's not your job to educate or change the hearts and minds of your coworkers. So if you have a job, if you're in an office, chances are you're grown, right? And so grown. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) I the baby at a desk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're definitely (laughs) white man babies at your job, probably. But they are actually, in fact, grown people. And I talked about this last week. We infantilize white people because white people infantilize white people and make it so that we're all, everybody's supposed to feel like they fucking coddle and and cater to each other. You know what I'm saying? And we're all, they feel like we're supposed to do the same thing, coddle and cater to them, which is a part of why what we're seeking is not equality, but equity. We need to fucking dismantle this whole system because I don't want the same rights and specialness of what the fuck whiteness is that shit needs to be destroyed so they treat each other with this fragility and specialness and indoctrinate us into thinking that we supposed to do that too and and we think that when you finally when you get to your job and you hear the white person saying something fucking ridiculous that oh only if they if they only knew better and now that i'm the black person here i let me educate them on this so that going forward this white person knows better when chances are They've encountered other niggas before. You're not the first black person they ever met. They've been running around hurting black folks all this time. You're not going to be the one. The labor is not on you to educate them or change their heart and mind. A lot of white people know this shit already, which honestly, a part of this whole awakening that some some white people are having an actual awakening right now. And some white people are just performing or whatever. Right. But the awakening that some white people are having right now, a part of that is because they have heard all of these things before. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit, this is what they were saying. Oh, I'm hearing it again. Fuck. So it must be yes. Yeah. A lot of shit, a lot of learning is like re- repetition. Yes. So yep. chances are whatever you say to this white racist at your job, they've heard somebody say it before and they was just ignoring them. So I think that 
if there are white people who you feel like you have an actual friendship with and you are comfortable taking on the labor, I think the other thing is a lot of times we don't acknowledge the educating that we do as actual labor, right? Yeah. So if you yes. don't acknowledge it as labor, oftentimes we don't acknowledge it as like a choice. Like, okay, right now I'm choosing to opt in to a certain amount of labor to yep. educate this person mm-hmm. um, or choosing to opt out. I remember actually having a conversation with somebody about, they said, well, why don't you just tell them? Um, talking about another black person who had did something that I thought was like disrespectful and like anti-black or whatever. And they're like, why don't you just tell them? I was like, that's actually labor for me to like introduce these concepts to this person who I actually don't know and give them this education lesson on something that they're doing. Well, I don't know if it's labor. Okay, because you don't know about labor. And you don't you don't understand the concept of labor. You don't know what it is. Especially in terms of a black woman. Nothing you do is right. Nothing that we do is considered is labor because we're just supposed to to do it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be in service to everyone around us, the system, the world, our family, everyone but ourselves. The movement. We're supposed to sacrifice ourselves and be the fucking mule of the world, of the fucking earth, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that we we have to first acknowledge that these things, this educating of people, this talking people through the shit, that's labor. So there's nothing wrong if you want to choose and decide, you know what? Actually... I have five minutes in my lunch break to talk to so-and-so or whatever. I'm comfortable with engaging in this labor with this person. And then you can decide whatever, you know, you can decide to deal with whatever energy suck that ends up being and make sure that you take care of yourself after deciding to engage in that labor. But I think that a lot of times we don't acknowledge that, yo, what you're doing is like it's work, it's labor, and you can decide and you can choose and you have agency to say, I don't want to engage in laboring with this person i don't want to do that at all i don't want to do that so i think acknowledging that choice you don't have to teach every white person i think also this is a great time to take shit to hr this is a great time for that right and so i think that there are times when the white folks around you are saying racist things and instead of let me educate them or instead of saying what you could just take that shit to hr Mm -hmm. and be like listen hey In light of everything that's happening right now, I was sitting at my desk working on such and such and I overheard John and fucking Tim and Angela standing around talking about how they feel like, you know, the protesters are fucking monkeys or whatever the fuck they said. Yeah. And I found that to be, yeah, and I found that to be anti-black, especially to say that in earshot of a coworker who they don't know what my engagements with law enforcement have been. They don't know what my experience with racism has been. And I, I I would appreciate a healthy and safe work environment where I can do my work and not be an earshot of these violent conversations. And so I think that that is another way to, to handle it. Um, and I think that, yeah, don't be afraid to be seen as the black girl who went to HR. Yeah, And I, I like the way that you said it, Jay, because, mm-hmm. because no one believes anything we say. And like it has to be, we have to say violent, you know, like yeah. we have to, we have to use words like violated. We have to mm-hmm. use words like harassed for it to even actually mean anything to a lot of people on the other end of those conversations. So yeah. don't feel like you're being extreme. Don't feel like you're fucking making stuff bigger than it is. You mm-hmm. should use that language mm-hmm. because it could, if, if, if I, th- I feel that especially if your HR is white or someone who is still very aligned with white supremacist ideals, that that can 
become just a passing conversation because you right. don't use mm-hmm. the words that show I have been violated in the workplace. Right, right. You know, so right. be real intentional about that language when you are talking to HR because there's certain mm-hmm. words that they can, de- if they do it in their job like they're supposed to, that they cannot overlook. You have mm-hmm. to say harass. You have to say violated. You have to say violent. You have to, you know, like you have to say harm. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, for things to be taken seriously, you know. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and I think that going. And so, right. So that's something that you can do instead of directly engaging with these people. It also kind of helps to eliminate some of the um, like blowback of potential confrontation with your coworkers if you're not in the mood for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And your HR person may say, well, did you talk to them? And you could say, honestly, I was so uncomfortable that I feared that if I brought it up to them, I would be written off as somebody who was exaggerating or whatever because it didn't seem... Because the the language was so disturbing to me and felt like, um, whatever, you can want to use one of those words again or whatever the fuck, yeah. um, that I didn't feel safe in sharing my opinion in that moment. Yeah. Because why would they feel so comfortable in saying these things around me? That kind of thing, yeah. you know? Word, word. And it, again, it's labor. Don't feel like you have to do the labor to fucking show your HR. Yeah, I did the work. I said something, yeah. but they and said, it's their I don't job. Care. It's their job to do that work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's literally yep. their job to do that work that's yep. why that person is employed to be in that space mm-hmm. so that they can be advocates for everybody who works for that company or organization so that mm-hmm. is their job to do so they yeah. shouldn't really be like well did you like no right right because if they take it serious maybe hr will facilitate that conversation and yep. there's perhaps less labor in that yep mm-hmm. all right here's the other thing mm-hmm. you mentioned being disappointed in folks and like what to do when people disappoint you And I think that, I think a lot of our parents, whether they educated us about racism or not as black people, right? A lot of our parents have also taught us that, like to treat everybody on an individual like level, right? So like unlike white people, because of the oppression that we experience, black folks are often taught that we're all equal to treat everybody equal and yada, 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 yada. Now, some of us are taught that white people are fucking garbage, right? Some of us are, but I think that that, that narrative is more rare than yeah. all of us are equal, treat everybody how you want to be treated, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And then we don't we don't live in a system that's constantly telling us that this other race of people is trash, right? The narr- That narrative is about us. You know what I'm saying? So I think that we grow up thinking that we believe in people until they disappoint us, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. the cruel reality is that white people are disappointing, right? White privilege has set it up that white folks can and will disappoint you. And Always. that's just what it is. Always. Yeah. They are fucking, they're a fucking disappointment. That's what white supremacy is. That's what white supremacist patriarchal capitalism is. And so unless you have heard a white person come out their mouth and say something that is against the system you know what i'm saying that is about resistance and that is about black lives matter and that is about our equal personhood unless you've heard that white person say something radical and that has to do with your empowerment and shit like that chances are they're fucking disappointing yeah Mm -hmm. that's it 
they're disappointing. They were raised to be a fucking disappointment and a fucking abomination to this universe. And unless they are actively working to dismantle their own privilege and are not afraid to use that language in front of you, the language of dismantling their privilege, the, the language of dismantling the system, unless you heard them say some shit like that, they're going to be violent, wild, disappointing motherfuckers. That's it. Yeah. And, and and when I say that, it doesn't mean that, like, they want to necessarily hang you from a tree or are calling you nigger behind your back. But it means all these little things, these conversations that they would have so close to your fucking desk, given these fucking hot takes that nobody fucking asked, asked for you. during a fucking global pandemic slash national uprising, not having to have any regard for your feelings because their voice is the loudest one in the room because it's the only one that fucking matters, white women included. That is the disappointment is that there's just no regard for us. And Rod from the Black Guy Who Tips says this all the time is that it's not that they're thinking about us so much. The racism in it is that they're not thinking about us, that they center themselves. They're obsessed with themselves so So much much. and they don't have to think about us at all. And that is where the racism lies, except for when they're, you know, actually killing us and things like that. But like when it comes to like your black ass at work, they're not thinking about you until you do something and you've like maybe gotten too big for your britches they feel like and they need to take you down a peg but other than that they're not not thinking about you and that's how they like it if you go in knowing that they're disappointing you won't be disappointed by you i go in knowing that they're disappointing and then my preference is to be not surprised because nothing surprises me but to be relieved that okay they're thinking about the fact that they have white privilege cool yeah no cookies for you but I'm not disappointed yeah, by it. Yeah, like you don't you know have to saying? accept all of their shit, but don't expect nothing from them neither. Right, right, <laughs> you know? right. Like, don't expect anything. That's, yeah. So that's that's what I think, for me, has been a healthier approach to be like, oh, okay, this white person is thinking about these things. We can go to lunch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, outside of that, it's not that I assume the worst in them. I just assume the norm, which is that, they don't think or consider anyone but themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when they do, I have been at work and seen white people want to connect with the cleaning person because they're having some sort of weird white guilt moment and talking to her, trying to bond with her on, on suffering. My mother was a single mother and worked like, like I'm like, what is happening right now? Right. And she's like, I'm married and I had a dad. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, Which she did. Like, okay. What are you, what are you talking about? Lena, Lena was married. She was doing fine and had a dad. So... <laughs> get out of her face all right get out of her face but yeah oftentimes when they think that they're trying to relate or whatever it's still very much self-centered white thing to do did you see that video uh content warning for the existence of police did you see that video of that white police officer woman approaching that little black girl i couldn't watch it i know the context of it but i didn't okay so this little black girl is i don't know where they were outside but uh, uh According to the caption, she was scared. She was crying about seeing the police. And this white police officer woman approaches for no reason. She could have just went about waved. A wave is a nice gesture. I love a good wave. She could have waved if she wanted to make some sort of interaction. She could have waved and went about her life. Okay. She goes out of her way to walk up to this little girl. She's smiling. She's friendly. She bends down to see the little girl at eye level. And she's like, oh, you look so scared. I just wanted to come and say hello. And da 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 The girl is crying and still dealing with a bunch of stuff. The Probably the fact that police kill everyone, whoever they want to kill. There's no, like, regard or whatever. And 
it's important that we have conversations with our children about what to do when they encounter police. Like my dad has been, my dad who is a retired police officer has been having that conversation with us as children like since we were babies yeah. because he knows firsthand that they will kill you. They don't care. So having that experience, having that trauma, what that white lady could have done instead of showing this little black girl, because, because if she talks to this little black girl and this little black girl has this positive exchange with this one police officer, that doesn't change anything that her parents told her. Mm -hmm. That doesn't change the trauma of all this. That doesn't change anything. All it does is make Kathy why do white Kathy, ladies Karen, think or Becky? change things like that all the time? I don't know. I don't know. All it does is make her feel good or have an experience. Maybe she talked to that little black girl and walked away and learned something. That's not our job. Stay away from her. Especially not Stay that away from her. Yes. Her if you want to show a sign of friendliness, wave and go about your life. Go about your life. Try and change the system. But she was there crying. I have a son. I have a da, 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 da. get the fuck, get the fuck son, out of her face. So that, have a son? Like, what, thank how you. She was trying to say, yeah, I have you, you, I have a little a kid. You're a kid. I have a kid anyway. <laughs> but this was a moment. This was a moment yeah. of a white person thinking that they were nice, oh centering themselves again, because white people are disappointing. Okay. And so I think that for me, I still have a few white friends and the white friends that I have often are not disappointing. And when they are because of the nature of our relationship and because of my expectations, my expectation is that when you're doing something anti-black, when you're doing something racist, I can say to you, yo, that's anti-black. Or you know what? I hear what you're saying, but here's why it's a little racist. If I can't have that conversation with you as a white person, if I have to think about your feelings, if I have to coddle you, that's not friendship. That's abusive. That's not friendship. I'm not doing that. So if you can't have white friendships like that, then don't bother. So for me, that has given me peace of mind in engaging with white folks in the workplace and outside the workplace because I don't expect anything from you. But to be racist and someone, when you do it, I can decide. I can take a deep breath and decide, yeah, I figured you would say that. Here's why that doesn't make any sense. And I don't feel any personal attachment or connection because that's what I expect you to do because that's what y'all do, whether it's overtly in, in public or whether it's you making twice what I make to do the same job in private and no one is talking about each other's salary and you're not, um, you are not fucking enhancing any opportunities that I have on the, on, in yeah. this bitch when you know, just like I know, that we live in a system of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism and you just turn a blind turn a blind eye to it yeah. because you can they know yes. they know they've been yes. they do they will just let those conversations about you happen in the office and just let it happen mm-hmm. yeah so i have found later. <laughs> absolutely i have found my life to be more healthy and more rewarding when yes. i go in knowing that they are disappointing so then i'm not disappointed and i don't have to feel like oh man i thought you were one of the good ones there's no good ones there's no good ones okay there so you go one. in Going with that, and I would suggest as somebody, for me, the lesson for me has been lately, um, because I have still been on that we're all equals tip with my non-black POC friends, and I'm really just been a nigger to them the whole time that they don't mind being around. So I would say, I don't know where you're at, but maybe extend that shit to your non-black POC friends too. If they're not about this resistance, if they're not about dismantling the system, if they're not aware of fucking anti-blackness and the way that it exists within them, then you can't fuck with them either. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. So there's all things to keep in mind to your question of, does it ever get easier? 
right? Does it ever get easier? There are, like like Queen mentioned earlier, there, of course, are ways to build community. If you don't live in an area with other black folks or other people like you, there are ways to build community virtually. But aside from that, does it get easier? I will say yes. I think that sometimes it is painful coming to the realities of whatever your intersections are. Like us, for example, on this podcast, we don't interview men on this show and we with very few exceptions like we we don't go on like men's Men's, podcasts Mm -hmm. you know so unless i already know you and i already know that you have proven to be somebody who i can feel safe with yeah and who if you're being misogynist i could say yo that is wild misogynoirist or that and and we can have that conversation right exactly we can have a conversation or even if you challenge it it's with an, an actual conversation. It's with a, a curiosity or question instead of this fucking superiority of like, I know things, even though I'm the woman in this situation, I'm the black woman in this situation, but it's still this fucking male fragility, this male superiority yeah. or whatever the fuck. So we kind of, because it's important, our safety first and foremost is important, which includes like how much labor are we going to have to do when we fucking engage with these people or whatever, like all of that shit matters. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that even though that was like learning that lesson early on was like, dad, we can't just like go hang out on other dudes podcast. Like we can't just play with everybody. Like learning that the world doesn't fuck with you like that and how, how to navigate. And at first it's like, Oh, okay. Oh shit. Wow. But after it's been great. (laughs) <laughs> I'm the happiest I've ever been. My skin is glowing. I rode the plane. Okay, I'm good. So I think that it does get easier. I think that it does prove to be a more fulfilling existence to live in this level of awareness. People say that ignorance is bliss, but it's really not because you end up doing a lot more labor, so running hoops work. for other people. Yeah, ignorance is bliss for white people. Okay, ignorance is not bliss for motherfuckers who are doing the heavy lifting and the labor and on the underbelly of motherfucking oppression. Okay, so I think being aware of all that shit, it does get easier. It does get more fun. Honestly, at my old job, it got to the point where it was funny because it was just like clockwork. You just know what they're going to do and how they're going to act. Okay, and it gets easier to deal with it. It gets easier to confront because it's the same shit you've been confronting because they're predictable because they're white. It's just, you know, like you got this. So it's really right now at this stage in your life, these are just, it's just a muscle that you need to exercise and shit you need to practice and shit you need to learn. But yes, it does get easier. It does get better. And you will find and connect with like other like-minded people who are on this journey of finding their voice and using their voice and navigating this fucking hostile white society along with you. So. Yep. Agree. You got this, son. Got it. Thank you, Indy, for sending this letter, yo. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I think we we did, a, we did a motherfucking show. I think we did do a motherfucking show, yo. Look at us. Look at us. What a podcast. Right. Look at us. We do amazing shit here, yo. We do, yo. Libations to us. Great. Libations to us. Libations, yo. Libations. We deserve support for us as well. Mm-hmm. 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 Don't forget, June motherfucking teenth, right? So we know at the very top of the show, we mentioned the reparations drag show that's happening on Twitch. That's happening at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that's actually a lot earlier than our Juneteenth event. Mm-hmm. So you can do both if that's something that you wanted to do. So once again, that's reparations hosted by Nikki Jizz. That's on Juneteenth. 
Friday, June 19th, starting at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's on twitch.tv backslash drag alive. And we'll put the link to that in the show notes. Please be sure to go and check them out and then come through to our Juneteenth virtual you kickback. Rounds. You deserve rounds. You deserve rounds. Of Juneteenth yes. events. Come through to our Juneteenth virtual kickback happening from 9 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. So 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. We will be kicking it there longer. So if you can't make the 9 to 11 time slot, you can always come check for us at 11. We'll still be hanging out until Juneteenth is fucking over. Come through. We want to see you there. The RSVP link will be in the show notes and we will send you the Zoom link up to 24 hours before the party. So just be on the lookout for that email, email yo. What hashtag are we using this week? We are fucking with Black Trans Lives Matter. Yes. Because they fucking do. They fucking do, yo. They do. I just had to emphasize. No, that's good. Right. Be sure to follow us on all the social medias. We are on Instagram and Twitter at T with QJ. We are also on Tumblr and the Facebook. You can follow us there. Send us email at T with QJ at gmail.com. We love when you send us your letters. Visit our website, T with QJ.com for all the things T with Queen and J. You can donate. There's lots of other ways that you can engage with us there as well. All right. This podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Janicia and a black girl named Naima. T with Queen and Jay. We turn up responsibly. Ow. It's not that all lives don't matter. But right now, our lives matter. Black, black lives, matter. lives matter. Yes. Black trans lives matter. Yes. Trans lives matter. Yes. Because guess what? We all minorities, but right now, like... Let's focus on the person who got killed. Tony McDay was a black trans man. Okay. We're not doing this. We doing this for him. We doing this for our brothers and our sisters who got shot. But we doing this for every black person. Because at the end of the day, I cannot take my fucking skin color off. I cannot mask this shit. Okay. Everywhere I fucking go. I'm profiled whether I like it or not. Like I'm looked at whether I like it or not. Being, first of all, I want white people to realize their fucking privilege. Yes, no one can look at you and tell anything about you unless you give them that information. Wherever the fuck I go, I'm profiled. Look at my fucking hair. Look at my skin, bruh. We love this shit, I can't take this shit off. So guess what? I'm going to die about it. Yes, I'm going to yes. die about my fucking skin. You cannot take my fucking blackness away from me. My blackness is not for your fucking consumption, nigga. It's not. It's not. Okay? It's not. And y'all need to listen. It's Like I said, it's okay to be angry. Use wisdom. Don't move stupidly and get yourself hurt. Y'all already seen, we all in this together. I, I didn't mean to like divide anybody. We all in this together. My brother who got, um, he got ran over. Y'all need to know who the fucking enemy is. I, I, sometimes I get mad, but I'm not trying to divide nobody. Y'all need to remember who the fucking enemy is. It's right. racist Tallahassee. White racist Tallahassee. Because those are the niggas that ran our fucking brother over. So y'all need to keep that in mind. The same, the same energy that we had when we were walking the fucking streets. Keep that with you at all fucking times. Don't let nobody take away your blackness from you. Your blackness is not supposed to be subdued at all. 
It's not.